Have you uh, watched the highlights, Matt? Uh, no. That, I, not. Not, you haven't seen the Dowds moment then. No, I'm gonna purely ask questions. Uh, Mo didn't need to watch the highlights. Oh, I was gonna ask you how she was. You need to see the Dowds moment, Matt. You I agree. Why we were so raging. Let me quickly refine these. Right, so these are eight minutes highlights. So I'll go about three minutes in. Honestly, I, I don't usually lose uh, individual players, but I was so raging at Dowds for that. There, yeah, just seen the second goal. I think That's it was well, have you seen the second goal? Yeah, it's atrocious, yeah, isn't it? That's not good at all. Speaking of things that are not good. Wait, have you seen it or are you seen the second goals already? No, it's the, uh, I've uh, oh, je- oh. <laughs> At the Dowd's moment there. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on another defeat at Starks Park on Saturday, Jamie McDonald. Jamie, an impressive clean sheet for you at the weekend, but you were you know, relatively untroubled. Uh, how are you feeling after Saturday's game? Wait, what? Kept a clean sheet for Ruth. Ah, hilarious, right? It was very slow on that, sorry. Jamie, I've yeah. done this about five times every time we've played. And he's never got it. <laughs> nah, he's I never think, got it every time. I think I got it the first ever time you did it because you made it really obvious. And then, man, I'm, I'm too, I'm still too raging about that game to be getting that rubbish. That, yeah, we'll talk about it. And also here, David Forrest. David, how are you? I mean, Jamie really summed up the mood by not having a fucking clue what we were talking about. But um, it, uh, it was. Uh, I, I mean, it took me until about quarter to nine to get home on on Saturday. Um, just, just no. Nah. Well, <laughs> we will start as we always do by having a look at the starting eleven. So uh, Darren Brownlee dropped out, as did Brian Graham. Um, Stevie Lawless was back in the side, and Cammy Smith also came in as we reverted to a back four um, after the 4-2 defeat at Somerset Park uh, in the previous midweek. Jamie, what did you make of that team when you saw it? Mixed, I'd say, because it's disappointing to see no Graham in the starting lineup, or just in the squad in general, because there'd been no indication pre-match that he wasn't playing. I, mean, I don't remember it getting mentioned. I did watch the pre-match interview, but I think it was... Scarlett, and I don't think there was any mention of Graham not being in the squad. Doc and Tiff, I think they were already confirmed as to not play, but it was good to see Lawless back. Cammy Smith starting was a interesting one, but as I said to you guys, I'd, I'd love him to prove me wrong, but he just doesn't seem to ever want to do it. But I wasn't super confident seeing the lineup. Hodson starting again in midfield, I was actually reasonably pleased with because I thought he'd done well up at air, and unless Doc was back, I'm happy to see him stay, but I ended up thinking he was actually really poor at riff, along with the whole squad, to be honest. But yeah, mixed when I saw that. 
I missed the third change actually as Cole McKinnon uh, came in for Kyle Turner and a, and a like for like change. David, were you happy with the starting eleven when you saw it? To be honest, after air when we'd went all out to kind of stop and Yemi and put every defender under the sun on the pitch, it was kind of you knew there was going to be changes, but you didn't really know what because they had sort of neutralised Akinyemi on on Tuesday. It's just a shame they forgot about everybody else. But Rafe didn't really have that sort of presence, so I didn't really know what I expected, but I was kind of happy enough with it. So it was another another disappointing day at the office, Jamie. Another game where we conceded. A lot of goals and we're sort of out of the game <laughs> before anywhere near the end of it. What did you make of the performance on Saturday? I mean, it was absolutely woeful. There's no point in sugarcoating it at all. It was a pathetic performance. I don't say... There's no other way to say it, to be honest. We were really, really well, well, absolutely awful. And it looked like a real lack of effort, which obviously really pissed off a lot of fans, including myself. It just... There's a period in the first half where we basically just let them play keep ball around their own box we just did not press and I think it was just McDonald passing it out to one of the defenders passing it back to McDonald, back to the other defender back to McDonald, back to the other defender and they managed to waste a couple minutes just doing that then obviously so much damage has been done in the first half by the time the second half rolled around Rafe just need to sit and lay off the game, just see it out we just didn't look in any danger of causing them any trouble anyway to be honest so it was very easy second half for them the manner that we lost goals in was very, very frustrating. Yes, albeit the first goal is a very good hit, but we lose the ball cheaply in the middle of the park, which leads up to the second goal without long throwing and not dealing with it. Is, that was atrocious defending. There's no point in lying about that. And The third goal was just a needless bundle by Tunji. The ball's going well out, way over the head with that cross. And obviously, we've been... Well documented that that Anton Dowd's miss was it's not even a miss because he didn't end up getting a shot away but the Anton Dowd's chance then I just I don't know and that was <laughs> exactly I'm lost for words it was baffling I don't know what he was thinking he just kept trying to shift onto the right foot McDonald was on the floor all he had to do was put it in the bottom left and very likely it would have been a goal yeah but in general I thought we were absolutely terrible and if we play that against Dundee I'm <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not looking very confident for Saturday. What do you think's gone wrong then, Jamie? Do you think it's as simple as just pointing to the to the injuries to guys like Holt, Holt and Dockery, especially like Tiffany's been in and out? Is it just as simple as that, or is there is there something else going wrong? I mean, the injuries definitely have played a factor because since Holt's gone out, I don't think Muir has looked as good. We've definitely missed Doc as a kind of player protection midfield and his distribution, etc. He's been a miss. And obviously, we know what Tiff can bring. And Brian Graham was a big miss on Saturday as well. But that's not the only reason. There looks to be no confidence in this team right now. Looked like that on Saturday. Zero confidence, lack of motivation. And you can tell at the back, we're shaky. We've conceded 15 goals in four games of football. And that's terrible. I mean, it's that's shocking. I mean, that is relegation form, that that kind of defensive displaying, and it's hard to pinpoint exactly where it's gone wrong. But yeah, it seems like we're just every week going into a game and expect to concede numerous goals. That's just that's terrible, and it's hard to pinpoint exactly where it's gone wrong. But yeah, it looks a real lack of belief in that team. David, who do you think has been the the biggest loss out of the the current absentees? I think, to be honest, it's probably been Holt. 
Tiffany is obviously, he's, he's not been 100% the whole season, to be honest. And we've had Lawless and Fitzpatrick who have been there. And they've got Milne and McMillan there, giving them distribution that you're, if we have Lawless and Fitzpatrick there, then I, I'd feel relatively comfortable that we can not necessarily replicate all of what Tiffany brings, but we bring a lot of it to the table. Um, so it's not even, last year I think we definitely missed Tiffany far more than we do this year. But Holt has been pretty much ever present for you know last season and he's been one of our star players to be honest and as a defender it is a bit more understated in terms of when you're a star defender as opposed to like a striker because you're not scoring goals and stuff like that but I, I really think we've missed Holt he, he brings that calm and presence and even like Muirhead and stuff like that they bring that you, you really see what we're missing without him Um Doherty, I mean, we've, we've talked about all season about how we've got four elite midfielders. Mm, citation needed now that we've seen, you know, McKinnon's kind of regressed a little bit. But it shouldn't feel like Doherty should be that much, that big of a miss. I think we've got three perfectly capable midfielders there who can bring something out. But it's at the back. Um, the de- the defence is really shaky. Our confidence is at a low. And if we had Holt in there, sort of shoring things up and we're not conceding those goals. I feel the midfield, even without Doherty, are doing a bit better and they are well able to provide a bit more. So I, I do think it's hope. I, I think I agree with you, David. I thought, I'm just thinking of the Queen's Park game. I thought Bannigan actually had a really good game that day at the, the sort of back of the midfield. Um, and I think it's just the circumstances around the central defenders at the moment. Akinola looked a little bit better at air, but you know he's made a mistake for the penalty at the weekend. Um, didn't have this, didn't have his greatest game. You know we talked about Brownlee last week. Is he a viable option? Not sure. If you put McMillan in there, you're losing so much right back. So I think Holt. Just the fact that the the alternatives to Holt are not anywhere near Holt's level is the reason. And I think Holt stepped up again this season. I thought he was really good last season. Next to uh, Lewis Mayo, but he's really become the main man in our back four this season. And the way him and Muirhead were sort of controlling games from from centre-back at the start of the season, especially at home, I thought they were really sort of setting the tone with their distribution, how high they were were positioning themselves up the pitch to win the ball back. And we're just not seeing that at the moment. And it's, it's affecting the whole team's confidence. We'll move on to discuss Ian McCall. A couple of calls... Uh, for his head I've seen on social media this week, uh, probably more than a couple actually under the, the full-time uh, tweet on Saturday. But I think the fan base is generally still on side with Ian McCall for now, um, other than more than a couple uh, dissenting voices who want him gone. David, is he under pressure at the moment? I definitely say he's under pressure. There are several key games coming up that you think if we don't do well, the panic button might get pushed, to be honest. Um, and it's, it's not like he's not been under pressure before. I mean, in League One, frankly admitted, I think we were 2-0 down at East Fife, I think, and we pulled it back to get the draw that basically if we'd lost that game, he was probably out in his arse. So he, he has, he, he, it's not like he's been, it's all been rosy all of the time, but I definitely think he is under pressure. I think the, the off-the-pitch stuff of the club at the moment does not help in terms of People are already pissed off at the club for various things. And us losing, you know, I think as a fan base, we're actually not too bad at accepting loss because we are, by our very nature, a bit erratic and we'll lose as many games as we will win a lot of the time. 
But can I come in a, a moment there, David? You said that the sort of off the field issues aren't helping, but do you think they're maybe helping Ian McCall be a bit more secure in his job? I I would say the opposite. I just get the feeling that if we, you know, if if we have another couple of games, if we lose a Dundee game or whatever, I think certainly. Like up to the Kelty game in the Scottish Cup, like if we were to, for example, lose to Kelty in the Scottish Cup, I could see him go. If we don't win before then, for example, I think there is a lot of pressure because I think for me, the board have cashed in all their chips and we need to go up this season. And I think if we are not in a state by Christmas where we are right in the mix in the title contention, they might panic and, try and, and get rid of them and bring someone else in. I just get that feeling. And to be honest, the, you know, the board have appointed one manager um, in their previous tenure. It was Gary Caldwell. I do not have the greatest confidence in the world that they will absolutely knock it out of the park just based on previous results. And I, I do think he is under real, real pressure. And I honestly think that getting rid of McCall will be absolutely catastrophic for us, not just because of how we play in the pitch. I just think it'll have such... But he's so rooted in the club that getting rid of him anytime soon it's such a, a short-term, short-sighted decision that will absolutely really, really take it out of us. And yeah, he is under pressure, but like I, I, I'm not, I'm not foolish to say that he's, you know, absolutely in the clear or anything like that. He is under pressure, and I would not be surprised if they hit the panic button. But if they do, I think it will cause irreparable damage to us. I agree that I think he's under pressure. I also agree, I think you were saying that you wouldn't, if it was you, you wouldn't sack him. I agree, I, I wouldn't sack him at the moment. I disagree. I do think that the sort of off-field issues are helping you, McCall. I think the board might look at it and go, well, if we sack him, he might, he, he's somebody that has got a good relationship with the media. He might go and spill the beans and things might get worse for us in a sort of uh, the perception of fans and Scottish football as a whole have of the board. That might be a view they're looking at it as well. As you say, David, the one previous appointment wasn't great and it did end up eventually with a relegation. And I'm not saying we're anywhere near that yet. But I think the general perception of McCall is, as a manager, he might have a ceiling. He might have hit the ceiling with us, but he's generally a safe pair of hands. We're so far away from relega- relegation issues. But if the new board pull the trigger... The record of appointing managers is so bad. If they appoint another, we could get dragged into something. The championship is so tight and they might just think we'll stick with McCall. He has a safe pair of hands. Personally, for me, where Ian McCall comes under pressure, obviously you lose four in the spin. You concede 15 goals in that time. You're under pressure. For me, the point where his job becomes a problem is when the league title is out of our hands. I think we've spoken about all season about how promotion is, is within our sights this season. At this stage of the season, if we go, I'd say, six and nine points, if we go more than that off the top of the league, I think that's when it becomes a real problem, when it's out of our hands. We've still got to play most teams three or two times this season. So when we are more than six or nine points off the top, that's when it becomes a problem for me. Sacking a manager when you're still in touch of of being top of the league is premature. And (laughs) if you said when we were travelling up to Aberdeen, yeah, in two weeks' time, you'll be talking about if Ian McCall is going to get sacked or not. We're like, what? And it has been a, it's been a bizarre downturn in form. But for me, it's, it's not time to, to panic and, and do anything, um, do anything hasty yet. Jamie, what about you? 
Yeah, I can agree with what's been said already, to be honest. Still, McCall's untouchable or anything. And like you said, Matt, if the league title did kind of slip out of our hands, then you'd probably look and see is there a better option? Because this season, I'm sure his aim is to win the title, doesn't want to leave it to another playoff or whatever. But I think to get him rid of him right now would be jumping the gun and could just completely disrupt the team. I mean, I know the team's not playing well right now, but we very easily could pick up form again, like David referenced the East Fife in League One moment. A lot of people were completely losing patience with him, including myself at that point. I think a lot of us in the chat were losing patience with him at that point, but you put a run of form together and anything can change. And We do put a run of form together easily in this league again, so I think getting rid of him now would be premature, but I absolutely do understand people's frustrations and concerns because I'm concerned right now as well. We are playing terribly. Well, we were OK here, but at Rafe, we were shocking. So it be interesting to see how we are after the Dundee game. We're speaking to a couple of people who are like Rafe fans and Morton fans and stuff like that, and, and Airdrie fans as well, and they, they don't quite understand where the sort of hysteria has come from. Obviously, it looks awful over the last two weeks, and we have played awful, barring maybe the, maybe the air game and, you know, there's bits and bobs here, but we, we have looked sort of bereft of ideas at the moment. But it, it's one of those things where, as you say, we're not in any sort of relegation danger at the moment. We just got to the quarterfinal of the League Cup, and I know we bang on about that, but like, like there was sort of thing. There is sort of positivity around the club until now. It's it's one of those where, like, when you're watching it week in week out, you just get more and more frustrated because you're seeing the same mistakes being made, and you're seeing, you know, changing. You think everybody obviously thinks that they they could do some decisions better, like the Cammy Smith thing, like starting Cammy Smith or bringing him on instead of Fitzpatrick and stuff like that. A lot of people just get annoyed that we're just getting the same things over and over again. There isn't really much changing of the formula. And I think that's it. We're going angry at the formula. And like, there is going to be a point where McCall has to change or he will be in serious danger. And I, I feel that we are approaching that in the next couple of weeks. And I think at that point, people will maybe sit up and take notice and go, all right, okay, it's maybe not so... Rosie. But I do think a lot of this is sort of discontent about a whole bunch of things that are kind of coalescing and the fact we've been quite shite does not help. I'd like to say as well, like I've seen some sort of wild takes on social media over the last like sort of last couple of games uh, about Thistle players and stuff. I don't think wanting Ian McCall out is a wild take. I think that's a perfectly sort of valid opinion to have at the moment because it's totally understandable. We've spoken about how good our squad is and at the moment it's Sort of massively underperforming the last three or four games. I think Ian McCall is quite an easy manager to judge. I think his strengths and his weaknesses are pretty obvious. I think his strengths, his recruitment is brilliant. Um, in both spells at Thistle, his recruitment has been brilliant. Um, I think every transfer window, barring maybe last January, has been a success. I would say he's a great man manager. Uh, more often than not, he gets just about everything you could ask for out of out of the players. I don't think many players underperform for a prolonged period of time. And maybe with one or two exceptions, but on the whole, like key players always perform for Ian McCall. I think his weaknesses are quite obvious as well. Mentioned last week, I don't think he's great at changing games. When we're losing, I don't think his subs are always great. Um, so he's maybe tactically not at a, a top level, but at championship level, you're not going to get a flawless manager. You're always, if you get a flawless manager, he'll be away in six months. He's not going to be in the Scottish Championship. So for all McCall has faults and. We've spoken about them on this pod. 
I still think he's a good manager for this level. I, th- I still think he's a pretty steady pair of hands. And that's probably why I'm not quite at the stage yet where other people, as I say, validly are, where they want him gone. I still think his strengths for a club like us are, are enough. And I, I hope I hope it is enough. And I hope we, he manages to turn it around and sort of get us back in, in the mix again in the next couple of weeks. It's, it's, it's like the players, isn't it? It's like, why is he playing for us? There's always a reason he's playing for us. I feel because if he was better, he'd be playing for Motherwell or Aberdeen or, or whoever. But the, 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 there's a reason why they play for us because there is always a deficiency in their game, and it's the same with managers as well. Like again, as you say, if they were that good, they wouldn't be managing us. Well, <laughs> as we started talking about uh, fan opinions and um, atmospheres and off-field issues. Jamie, do you think it's got the the potential to go a bit toxic if things don't go so well on Saturday at Farhill? We've had a few sort of protests during games this season about the board. Nothing that I'd say has been disruptive. Do you think Saturday's got a bit of potential to go that way? I don't know about disruptive, but I feel people will get really frustrated if we concede early. If we go down early and then especially if we go two goals down at any point, I feel people rightly so will be getting fed up with how we're playing recently and I can see people definitely venting that frustration during the game. David what about you? I, I agree that the real the real alarm bells for me on Saturday was obviously our fan base are usually very very good they're loud for better or for worse um, at times so like when we're away like for the last season and a half they've basically since after Covid our fans have been brilliant in terms of the singing, all that. Um, you know, they're they're making noise, they're getting behind the team, they're supporting them, they're just generally brilliant most of the time. And like it's noticed by other teams about, you know, the support we bring and stuff like that. On Saturday, there was booze, right? And there's been booze. Dunfermline, the four one game, Kilmarnock when we were I think we were two 0 down or whatever. You, you I remember I sat next to you at the Kilmarnock game and it was it was pretty uh, toxic at that point. But the second half there was no noise. People couldn't be bothered. And that is really, really concerning to me that the fans had just, had just chucked it and were like, fuck this. We're not even going to bother Boone. And people were leaving. It was pretty dead by the end. And that's, you know, entirely worth thing you're right. As you know, I don't ever leave early, but I understand why people do. And it's perfectly uh, perfectly fine to do that. And, you know, I'm not criticising people for doing that, but it was the sort of the swathes of people that had already left the people who were still there couldn't be asked. There was a there was a boo at the end when the final whistle went, but that was about it. And that was really concerning. It's the first time I've heard us properly just not care, not be emotional like whatsoever. The first half people were raging at, the second half they weren't, and that was really concerning for me. So I, I definitely could see it turning ugly if we were to say, for example, go one down. But do you want a prediction? We'll come to the predictions. I was actually just going to tell you how, why I, I could not attend Saturday's games. I, I forgot to, to tell you the story earlier. Um, <laughs> I was out on Friday night till about two, I think I got in two, half two. So I was already had my alarm set for, for the next morning to get obviously the train strikes uh, and I had consumed too much alcohol to, to safely drive. So I'd set all my alarms to get up uh, and go and get the, the bus from Glasgow to Kirkcaldy. However, when I set my alarm and woke up in the morning, I realised that I'd set my alarm based on getting a train from East Kilbride to Glasgow. 
which uh, as there was a train strike on, which I was well aware of having planned to get a, a bus from Glasgow to Kirkcaldy, was very problematic. And by the time I'd woken up at about 10, half 10, I did not have the, the time to then go and get a bus from East Kilbride. So despite planning a journey for a train strike, I also forgot there was a train strike on. And I say sadly, gladly missed Saturday's get a rare miss for me on Saturday, but uh, you want to watch. I really, I really watch. <laughs> <laughs> I should, basically, if, if you're trying to plan a journey when there's a train strike involved, don't do it at two in the morning under the influence of alcohol. Um, Jamie, what changes to the starting 11? I assume there will be changes on Saturday. Would you like to see made for the for the visit of Dundee? Depends who's fit. Uh, assuming Graham will be coming back. It's on Graham's injury, actually, as well or whatever it is. You notice how usually if a player goes out without any explanation, the Twitter usually clears up what it's for. They didn't say what it was for Graham, so it's a bit odd. We don't know what he's out with right now, but if he's available, put him back in the squad. I'd probably start Kyle Turner over Cole McKinnon. Don't think he really was up to much on Saturday. And Turner looked like one of the very few decent players when he came off the bench, but he at least gave us a bit of something different. It's kind of difficult to say who we're going to start at the back if we were all over the place don't think I'd play Hodgson in the midfield again yes he did well at air but I thought he was very poor against Rafe Rovers so you know what it's kind of hard to tell right now because of the injuries but if Graham's fit bring him back in again David um, nobody predicted a Wraith win on uh, Saturday there so the prediction table we're, we're all level on points at the moment do you want to kick us off for a prediction so, I mean, we are chronic, like absolutely chronic at the moment, <laughs> right? Like proper bad, right? It really, it, and common sense would say we are getting humped, right? But I have this strange thing where if anyone ever says, do you think do you think it will get toxic if we go down at the next game at Farhill, right? Anytime anyone says that, we win, right? So the last time this happened, we raised this question. It was the 4-0 against Inverness, or the 4-1 against Inverness at Farhill. And it's always it always seems to be the case that when when you're like, oh, it, it threatens to spill over and get nasty, we end up winning just to piss everybody off because they wanted to have their day in the sun with their bed sheets and boom, sing, sack the board and they can't because we won like 8-0 against Dundee. Um, so I... I think we're actually going to win on Saturday based on nothing and absolutely nothing apart from the fact we never get what we want and we just want to boo right now and we're not going to get it. We're going to have to fucking watch us win like the daft bastards that we are. So, 3-0 Fissile. <laughs> uh, and another question, David. Is the situation uh, drastic after a uh, club legend may need to consider taking one for the team? We're not at that stage yet. That okay. we, we, I know. We, I know we've got a few left, but we we we're not. No, because then you're then if you're you're you need to ration them out. And if you're using one in like November, then that for me is is no. I'm no. I'm not having that. That's and my fair. wife is not available on Saturday just before anybody <laughs> asks. Uh, Jamie, a prediction from you. Uh, I always predict a win, so I'm gonna stick to that tradition. Do I think we'll keep a clean sheet? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but I'd love to prove him wrong on that. But I'll say three to a festival. Crazy game. 
See, I think we might put all, it'll be one of those funny games where we just put all of our efforts into keeping a clean sheet and sort of forget about everything going the other way. And I, I don't, this probably come back to bite me. I don't think Dundee are any great shakes at the moment either. So I'm going to go for a, a frustrating but valiant nil-nil draw on on Saturday. I can't quite bring myself to, to go the full result in and predict a loss. So I'll go nil-nil. But Matt, Dundee have eight players in their academy who are going to revolutionise Scottish football like that guy in the pub told us that. Oh, uh, <laughs> and Niall McGinn's not even getting in the squad. Four and a half grand a week, David. Four and a half grand, that was incredible. Um, we, we were in the pub in Aberdeen. This, uh, I went to the toilet and he, and he, a guy seen me on a Fissile top. He's like, are you a Fissile fan? He's like, aye. And he says, I'll wait for you to come out to speak to you. And I'm like, right, I'm getting stabbed. Right, that's, I've, I'm fully accepted that I'm getting stabbed. They came out, he's like, I'm a Dundee fan. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then he came over and just sat with us um, and mainly just shouted at us um, about how amazing Dundee were. And he's turned to Matt, straight face, and says, Niall McGinn's in four and a half grand. Tell me he wouldn't get in your squad. And Matt, with no word of a lie, just went, no, he wouldn't he? <laughs> we've got Tiffany Lawless and Fitzpatrick we don't, we don't need him and he's like no but he's, he's Niall McGinn he's like I know but he's Niall McGinn like he's not getting in the squad and then it's turned into a whole thing about how Niall McGinn is like the best like the best forward in fucking Scottish football or whatever and it was quite wild <laughs> uh, we'll pause there for now and we will go over to match day three in group A of our draw lose or draw quest tournament Welcome to another instalment of our, our quiz tournament on Draw, Lose or Draw. We've reached match day three. In Group A, we've got Vinny Ferguson back with Mark Wallace there about to face off and Reese Haldane versus Jamie McDonald and, and an early clash of the Titans, it looks like, if the first couple of match days are, are anything to go by. We will start with Vinny and Mark. Um, Vinny, you've unfortunately lost your, your first two games, but they were bo- both very close. Um, how are you feeling going into, into match day three? Um, well, I, I, it's, it's been really entertaining. Enjoyed it so far, but I can't quite believe like Mark the Knowledge Wallace is, is in a similar position to me. I think it just shows you how important tactics are in this game. Well, exactly, Mark. What, what oh, yeah, definitely. Like this, I'm... It's you, quiz. The thing I find the way quizzes in general is like there is an element of strategy there, and if you're no adequately a sort of there, and you're not th- not thinking outside the box, you can be in trouble, and that's how I've ended up in this position. I have admired your strategy, though, Mark. It, ha- it has been it has been bold. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, when we go into round two, if you'll continue with that with that bold approach. But we'll start with round one. Uh, so as you all know by now, five questions, um, each worth two points and a point. If it gets passed over, you can interrupt 
before I ask the question, if you want a, a slightly harder away question for five points. Vinny, we'll start with you for your question one. Uh, can what? I, listen, I've not done it yet. I'm going to go for an away question right away. That's very big of you. For five points, can you name the four stands slash terraces at Somerset Park? <laughs> uh, oh, there's there's the railway end. Yes. Um. <laughs> uh, is there an Ali McLeod stand? Sa- sadly, not yet. Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> Mark, you could have up three early points here if you know the other three stands at Somerset. Hey, the Somerset Road end. That's correct. The main stand. Oh, yep, that's correct. And uh, obviously the railway end and the. East Terrace. Oh, that is that is so unlucky. That's the North Terrace. North Terrace, ah, oh. fuck. Between you, you did really <laughs> well there. But <laughs> really well between the two of you, to be fair. My mate's no, an air fire is going to fucking kill me. <laughs> no points handed out, unfortunately. Right, Mark, your question one. Are uh, you happy with your, your question one, or would you like to go bold as well? Do you know what? I'll go away. Oh, the, this is very exciting. This is like... We're on the beach. It's a it's an end of season game, and players are taking on mazy dribbles that they just wouldn't have taken on back in September. This is fantastic, Mark. Your question: Who is the goalkeeping coach at Dundee? Um, the goalkeeping coach at Dundee. Oh fuck! Nah, nah, I'm blank. Benny, three points on the line if you know it. Um, this is this is a bit of a guess. I'm trying to think, guys, who'd be about the right age and from that area. Um, and this is a blast from the past. Total. Uh, Alan Combe. Oh, that is a magnificent three points, Benny. Oh, Super you're up. joking. That's oh, correct. man. <laughs> I'm delighted with that one. Absolutely delighted. Part of me thought it was Bobby Geddes, but then I remembered he was there before, like Jockey Scott time. So, Vinny, you lead 3 you 0 here. Going into your question two. So your question two. When Stephen O'Donnell scored the famous team goal at Tannadice in 2015, which goalkeeper started that move? Um, oh, man. It wouldn't have been... Cherny's too easy an answer, surely. Um, oh, mine's gone blank for goalies at that time. Um... Right, okay, I'll need, I'll need to go Cherney. I'll need to go Cherney. Mark, to steal it for a point. Paul Gallagher. Correct answer. Well done. Off the mark. Didn't mean that as a pun. Mark, your question to... Very good, because I, would, <laughs> I, because I know where you live. <laughs> question to... Christy Elliott received one red card during his time at Thistle while playing against who? Red card. Martin? No. Vinny? I'm going to go for Air United. Also not correct. It was St. Johnson. Uh, off the top of my head, I think he just kicked somebody who was on the floor in the top six season. It was like in the far corner from where I sit, and that's my memory of it as he, as he trudged off late in the game. 
Um, so there you go, one red card for Riley in all those years. Vinny, your question three. Sorry, which other Scottish club did Dan Seaborn play for during his career? Hamilton Ackies. Yes, good answer. Two points on the board for you, Vinny. Mark, Ian McCall won the League One Manager of the Month Award in April 2021. Mm-hmm. Who won that month's Players Award? Ryan Graham. I'll pass it over to Vinny. Um, I'm going to go for Scott Tiffany. Yes, that's correct. So, Vinny, you still have a point there, and we'll come back to you for question four. For who did Abdul Osman score a decisive penalty for, knocking Liverpool out of the League Cup at Anfield? It's having Waterloo, Bill. <laughs> is it? It's got a Bill at the end. Having Waterloo. It is, it is not them. I do remember watching Haven Waterlooville on Match of the Day at Anfield in the, back in the day, but that's not the correct answer. Mark, do you want to come in for a point? Northampton Town. Yes. And you come, Mark. Good bonus point there. Mark, your question for I'm going to need the opposition and the scoreline here. In what oh. match did Dario Zanata make his Partick Thistle debut? It was a fairly memorable debut from him. It was a good performance. Yeah, it was a 3-2 defeat to United. Yeah, good answer, Mark. That was the day. Dylan scored the winner. We had, yeah. two, we had two men sent off after half an hour or something, in it? Oh, there's the two goal scorers that get sent off. Gordon gets sent off about a minute after they scored, I think, and then I think Barrigan might have been second half, but either was a, a long period with nine men. So, good answer, Mark. Another tight match here, Vinny. You're 6-4 up with a question each to go in, in this round. Your question, Vinny. How many red cards did Chick Charnley receive in his senior career? Was it 18? It's not. I'll pass it over to Mark. Seven? 17. So no points there for that one. Boy, this is a real clash of the titans here, man. Mark, me and Vinny are absolutely stinking the joint out the fucking end, the proper end of season affair here. Just proper a crash of just knocking the boss side to side. Mark, this is to draw level at 6 6 going into round two. Go on. Against, against who did Thistle register their only victory of the 1995 Inter Total Cup against? Keflavik. Yeah, good answer. So we are level 6-6 six, six going into round two. Vinny, your question we have is a similar question to the one Reese was asked last week or two weeks ago about the the Challenge Cup. I'm going to ask you for a starting 11. So if you name this, the 11, that's great. Uh, if you name somebody that didn't appear on the pitch, that's you out. But we did make one substitute in this game. So if you name that person, it won't count. But um, that's your life. You'll not be instantly eliminated for doing that. So I'm looking for the starting 11 of Air United 2, Partick Thistle 0, the opening league game of the 2018-19 season. How many do you think you can name of that starting 11? 
I'm I'm really struggling with this. See see that 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 stage. I wasn't getting to very many games, and just as well, I'm I'm really struggling with this. Uh, I could, I think I may only be able to go for three or four. We take four from Vinny. Mark, do you want to try and top four? Um, nah, I can't top that. Vinny, four names for the points here for five points. Yeah. Dylan. Yes. Uh, Scott Fox. Oh, he's he's fallen down early there. But the classic Partick Thistle draw lose or draw quiz. He's fallen down trying to name the goalie. It was Cami Bell on goals that day. So Mark. A big five points for you there. Um, I think your first points of of round two. So so you're off the mark here. And here's your question, Mark. And th- this is fallen for you. Uh, I've I've been reading these questions out in order, but I feel like that this one I had probably had you in mind when I was writing this, and I, I'm glad this one has fallen. Absolutely for you. no pressure then. <laughs> Thanks very much, Mark. Uh, I have got sixteen names here. All right. The Liverpool eleven for Alan Archibald's testimonial. How many of of these people could you name? Uh, five. Vinny, would you like to top five or let Mark go for it? I'll let Mark have this glory. Mark, if you can if you can name five of these Liverpool players, you're a, a match day three winner. Oh Jesus! Um, Stephen Irwin. Yes. Martin Kelly. Incorrect. That's the swan he played in that game. Fair enough. There is an article online. Um, I think it's even on Thistle's website with the the starting lines from that day, but he was not there. So we've got Dean for for anyone who cares. Dean Bazunas and goals, Stephen Darby, Stephen Irwin, as you said, Mark, Robbie Thryfall, Chris Mavinga, Nikolai Colhert, Danny Pacheco, Andrew Simon, Nathan Eccleson, should I go that one? Who scored? Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, Vincent Vigo, uh, Gerardo Bruna, Jordi Brewer, Emanuari Mendy, Ryan Crowther, Nicola Saric, and Vitor Flora. A real who's who of um, Liverpool legends there. So that um, that match has ended in a draw. So Vinny and Mark, you're you're both off the mark. You're both you're both you've both scored with uh, with a point there in the draw. Um, sadly, I've obviously not finished this group, but I don't think it's going to be enough for for either of you to make it through to the semi-finals. Um, Mark, how are you feeling? Uh, disappointed that I fell down early uh, at the end there. I think that more than anything else. I think my second round is what's been my undoing. Uh, as much I'm... as my opponents have been very good as well, but I feel like trying to overplay the second round and I've ended up costing myself, really. Mark, Could have really get... played myself, I suppose. When we get the big TV contract in this... This quiz goes goes huge on primetime BBC One Saturday nights. You'll be back and you'll be better. Benny, how are you feeling? Uh, first and foremost, I've had a terrific time and uh, I'll always have Alan Combe. Exactly that. Look, it's the memories you make along the way, isn't it? So, Benny, Mark, 
Thanks very much for playing. We now move on to our, our Group A decider. Reese and Jamie, you've both made it safely through to the semi-finals, but now now we're talking about seeding. Um, who, who's going to be playing the the seed two from Group B, and who's going to play the the Group B winner? Um, Reese, how are you feeling going into into this last game? Hi, look forward to it. Uh, that result's actually made it okay for me and Jamie. We can sort of pass it about and settle for a dub. <laughs> Jamie, are you gonna are you gonna be passing it about and settling for a draw? Are you you putting a marker down, maybe a wee eye on a potential rematch in the final? No, get 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 a wee no no draw here. It'd be nice, nah, nah, I know Reese is good at this kind of thing, so tough one. Right, Reese, you're gonna kick off um, with your question one. So your question one. Who were the only visiting side to win a league match at Firhill in the 2020-21 season? Uh, Peterhead. Yeah, good start. Jamie, how many spells did John Lambie have as Thistle manager? Three. Oh, I'll pass it over. Four. Yeah, that's correct. They can back as caretaker um, after Britain. After uh, Jerry Britton left, so uh, that was his his fourth spell. That um, Reese, you're th- an early three 0 lead. You could you could make it five here. Who gave Thistle the lead in last year's playoff at Firhill against Inverness? Robbie Crawford. Yep, good answer. Jamie, bit of pressure on now. Scott Fox recently left Motherwell to join which club on loan? Queen of South. Yeah, good answer, Jamie. Reese, your question three. Uh, before Queen's Park last season, who were the previous who were the last previous professional football team to ground share at Fur Hill? Uh, for for league games? Yep. A uh, a ground share agreement. All right, for that full season I uh, Hamilton Ackies. Yeah, that's a really good answer. Yep, between 99 and 2001. Well done. Jamie, your question three. Who scored the final Thistle goal of the Alan Archibald era? The Archie era. Blair Spittle. Yeah, that's a really good answer as well. And a 3-2 win at home to Queen of the South. Well done. Question four. For you, Reese, in 2018, who scored the opener for Ayr in a 2 0 League Cup win at Firhill after a Christie Elliott mistake? So, pretty famous goal where Christie Elliott dribbled across his own box. But who who scored that goal for Ayr? Michael Moffat. Yeah, another good answer. Um, these two competitors here have shown why they've run away with this group, I think, early doors. Jamie, what league? were Thistle playing in at the turn of the century? Um, League One. Well, they went down to League One for 2001, so I suppose first division then, I guess. So what is your answer here, Jimmy? First division, because it was 99-2000 that they got relegated, I think. It was the second division they were in that season, Jimmy. L. Uh, the nature of the question I wasn't going to open up I've not opened up uh, a couple with it it was like basically alternate alternative um, choice I apologise um, I'm, I'm only opening up the, the big ones 
Question five uh, for you, Reese. For which club has Brian Graham scored the most goals in his career other than Thistle? Beth Rovers. Yeah, good answer. And question five for you, Jamie. Who is the only Scott? Sorry, I'll start again. Question five for you, Jamie. Who is the only club that Stevie Lawless has appeared for professionally but failed to score for? Burton Albion. I'll pass that one across. Um, and an athletic. Yeah, that's another good answer, Reese. You've stolen that. So, Reese, you have quite a convincing lead here. You're twelve four up. You're you're putting a marker down as we go into as we go into round two. Reese, I will start with you here. We have uh, these these two questions both actually fall under the same season. So in the 2019-20 season, Reese, we played Dunfermline three times and conceded 10 goals. Dunfermline had six different goal scorers against us. How many do you think you can name? Um, Trying to think. Uh, three. Jamie, do I try and top three or do you want to let Reese go for it? I'll go four then. Oh, Reese, coming back at that. Um, I'll let Jamie go with the four. Right, Jamie, on you go. You're, Jamie, you're going to need to get the five points in both of these questions to, to win this game. So, Marco Harrow. Nope. R- really? Did he not score in the four one at? Dunfermline that we lost? Nope. No, I think he played. No, I think... No, not Mark yeah. O'Hara. Um, I don't know what his first name is then. Uh, Kevin. But he was Kevin. Uh, Kevin O'Hara. He was at Allot at that time, I think. Yep. So, well, what, what, sorry, what season did you say then? 1920. Great, I didn't hear you. Fantastic. I was talking about last season. I was about to say Nikolai Todorov and stuff. No, nah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Can I give my three then? I, re- I mean, Reese, you've got the five points, but by all, by all means... Um, I would have, Matthew would have been Nisbet, because I know he scored at least five. Ah, you've got five, yep. Kel uh, uh, Turner and Rindow. Yeah, you're correct. So, Lewis Martin got, the I think, the second of the five in the 5-1 at East End Park. And then there was a 2-2 draw late in the season at Firhill, where Tom Beadling and Bruce Anderson scored. Jamie, I'm afraid you can't you can't win this game, but you can get some points for Pride here. Uh, it's another starting eleven one. So again, I'm looking for the starting eleven. If you name somebody that didn't come onto the pitch, that will be you instantly eliminated. But you will have one life just in case you name a substitute on this day. So we are looking for the starting eleven of Ian McCall's first game back in charge, September 2019, a 3-1 win up in Inverness. How many of that starting eleven do you think you're going to be able to name? Uh, eight. Was his first game not the Celtic one in the cup? Well, he was there, but he always claims that Inverness was his first game, and I'm not going to argue against that. And that's the team I've got in front of me, so unless you want to wait for me to look up for the Celtic. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Reese, do you want to try and top eight, or do you want to let Jamie go for it? Let Jamie go for it. Jamie? Right, um, Kenny Miller. Yes. 
Dario Zanata. Yep. Cami Palmer. Yep. Sean McGinty. Yep. Tamo Weir. Yep. Ryan Williamson. Yes. James Benrice. No, Tommy Robinson. James Penrice was a substitute, so that's all right. Tommy Robson played. Yeah. You've got one more to get. Okay, um, Scott Fox. There we go. Some good points there for Jamie. That was a very impressive uh, roll-off of of nine names in the end. Um, So that final final match has ended with Reese defeating Jamie by 17 points to nine. So that brings Group A to a close. Reese, you have you're going to be the first seed going into the semi-finals. There, uh, you'll play the runner-up in Group B. So congratulations. How how are you feeling about about that? Feel good. It's good to get some some work in early doors. Know what I mean? And be season pending. Yeah, you've put a marker down. Um, I think on last week's pod or a couple of weeks ago, we said we welcome the chase. So I'm sure you'll be welcoming um, whoever comes second in Group B. Jamie, strong performance from you there. You're going to go through as as this group second seed that you. Are you happy about that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's fine. I'm more annoyed at myself for not listening to that question properly and starting to name the games from last season. Ah, there you go. So it could be a tough semi-final for you, Jamie. We'll see next week who, who comes out on top in Group B. But we'll look forward to having you both back, Reese and Jamie, for the same time. finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. As we are recording on Halloween, I'm going to ask you both um, what is your best ever Halloween costume? Jamie, I'll start with you this week. Um, it's probably something when I was younger, but I can never remember what I went as. Give me a minute. David? <laughs> so I, I had, I was much like Jamie, I had to really, really think about this because I don't really dress up uh, very often anymore. However, I was reminded that when I was a young kid and a sort of politically homeless football fan at that point, I just loved football um, at the time. But for some reason, like I, I got my first ever football kit and um, I absolutely loved it. It's one, one of the best kits ever, to be fair. And I went as my favourite player of the time, Ian Jess from Aberdeen. I once went as Ian Jess, full kit. <laughs> <laughs> Sock shirts, everything, and the North Sound radio top. Anybody of of a similar age to me will know exactly what kit I'm talking about—the red with the blue squares and all that. I went as that, and I went about pretend uh, going, "I'm Ian Jess," and trick or treating at like I must have been like five at the time. But I mean, I fucking loved Ian Jess to be fair. Uh, but yeah, Ian Jess—that <laughs> that's probably my best one. No, I, I went as I went as a good few Doctor Who's. But I'd say my, my, my best one when I, I was I'm gonna say like seven or eight and my mum made a, a die out of like a big massive cardboard box, covered it in pur- purple foil and then like silver tin foil on the six sides to go one to six. And I'm still really not sure of the reason. So I was just sort of cutting about in a big box 
and saying I was a die. Uh, probably would do it again. I, I still don't know why, but it was it was memorable and it was good. My, so, my wife used to my wife used to coast it every year at work because of the fancy dress. And obviously, I, as you know, we used to be golf. So you see, every year for Halloween, used she used to, be to well, I mean, like I say like you like you know we're we're more sort of we're not as practicing anymore. Um, but but she used to get fully dolled up in all the golf gear and going to work with like bows in her hair and all that and stuff like that. And she she used to do it was our one day of the year where she proper like went for it and it was brilliant. But um, now she's in like getting close to her mid 30s she can't be asked anymore it's a bit of a shame but um and if I'll, I'll turn up to their like if they have a halloween doing her work she can turn up as a full golf i'll turn up as ian jess and it'll be all great <laughs> <laughs> jamie you thought of anything oh you sent off to her did remind me i think i did go as a cyberman when i was like eight or something it was a quality costume Fair one of the ones where you actually went full effort out and like painted your face silver on that which is too much effort these days but i'm having done that on that theme, this wasn't Halloween, this was a school show. A friend of the show, Duncan Rayburn, uh, was in our school show as a Dalek and his mum made the most incredible Dalek costume out of like a garden composter, like a fully sized garden <laughs> composter. Stuck like mini bowls to it, a plunger, uh, like a, a whisk, uh, like it was a full size Dalek thing. But it was, if I can find a picture, I will send it. It was absolutely incredible. It's amazing. I love it. Um, somebody in my work uh, on Friday, um, they, they had like a fancy dress costume. I stuck on one of my Mexican wrestling masks to go to work in. That was about it. But somebody had bought like a full like spaceman outfit and they had it like it was over like two two um, offices and like people working from home. So it was on Zoom and this person had like full astronaut gear um, and they'd like set their background as like space as well and they just sat and floated a bit when they weren't talking on zoom as if they were in space and it was it was it was really funny and it was even funnier when you were like in in the office um and you turned around and you looked at them and they were just sitting floating about in their seat it was a, an incredible effort it sounds it as always thank you for joining us on draw loser draw we will be back next week where hopefully our fortunes will have turned and we will look ahead to a trip to Capolo. In the meantime, stay safe.
see if we lose on Saturday. See, going to Capolo off the back of five straight defeats. No, please don't. 